I'm Nicole Matheson, and this is Unbreakable, a podcast celebrating the potential of breakups and breakdowns, or bathroom floor moments as we have come to know them. These are the moments that have us on our knees and make us feel lost and broken. Yet as they crack us open, they also have the power to transform us. Come with me as we draw on the wisdom and experience of those who have been there and come out stronger, clearer, and more truly aligned with who they are. The message of this podcast is that you are going to be okay. And there is a part of you that is unbreakable. As women, we can feel so bad about saying no and being true to ourselves, especially in the face of someone else's need, whether it be our children, our community, or even our intimate partners reaching for us in bed at night. In this episode, I speak to sexologist Lauren White, who, as we are chatting, says something that really hits home for me. She says, For women, the truth is not fixed. It can be fluid. What we mean in the present moment is only what we mean in the present moment. Ah, This gave me so much permission. Permission to change my mind. Permission to feel into the present moment for what is true. And not to feel bad about it or to feel like I need to defend it but to be unapologetic. And it felt like a huge relief for me. There is so much gold in this episode. Lauren and I also chat about the libido crash and crazy hormones that made 2016 her bathroom floor year. The mother guilt as she asks herself, why aren't I like all those other mums just wanting to spend time with my kids? how keeping her sexual flame alive is not a job segregated off for the bedroom, the best sex advice you could ever get, and her reason why she doesn't actually give sex tips, how connecting with women is where she finds her inspiration, her guidance, and her reason for being, how marriage is changing and sexuality is the leading edge of that change, and finally, why speaking up is her biggest evolutionary challenge at the moment and why it is so important for women. Enjoy. So I want to invite you, Lauren, to share a bathroom floor moment, Um, something in the realm of love or relationships. Mm. Can I choose the whole of 2016 to be a bathroom floor moment? Um, my, my bathroom floor moment lasted 365 days, uh, approximately. No, exactly. Um, yes, 2016 was one of my most challenging, uh, one of the most challenging phases or periods of my life. Um, I was just thrown, thrown a, a number of curveballs um, from the spiritual realm, from the intellectual realm, the physical realm, um, the libido realm, 
Um, it was a year of uh, feeling very separated from my libido, uh, which is my life force energy. Um, and uh, it started with a perfect tone. I was um, in bed on the 31st of December 2015 after a stellar year. It was a cracker of a year with uh, morning sickness that had seeped well into the night time. Um, and I think I went to bed at 9 o'clock that night. And it was almost as if that set the tone for what my year was going to feel like, um, being, being nauseated and, um, and, and powerless. Um, mm. Mm, it was, yeah, it was a, a really, uh, really, really huge year and a challenge, a, a tough pregnancy, which mm. I hadn't experienced before and I now have a much deeper, um, deeper, uh, appreciation for, for what women, for what some women go through, um, and why they don't feel like they're glowing and why they just want it to be over. And um, and how that connects to their the rest of their identity because women aren't just one thing at a time. We're not just pregnant. That's it. We've got um, you know, well, I had all you know my fingers in lots of different pies and um, yeah, that was it was it was challenging to keep up. It was challenging to be out there and um, my creative creativity, um, my voice and my libido just fell fell to some sort of rock bottom place wow Mm. Mm. and so you're just telling me that your daughter is now five months old Mm. yep so she arrived in august of last Mm. year her birth was the best moment of last year by far it it really was it was a massive highlight um with an undercurrent of low lights Mm. um so immense, I have immense, without, you know, goes without saying, I have immense gratitude for my body giving birth. And it was, it was, it was a great, yeah, wonderful, profound human experience that I really cherish. And I'm now like, oh, I could give birth again. I'm really <laughs> getting good at this. Um, that aside, it was, um, yeah, the other, the other 364 days of the year were pretty, um, yeah, pretty dark. Dark is the word. And, and so this darkness continued after her birth. Was that with? Hmm. with yeah. <clears throat> can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. Um, so I had the original sense of relief. Wow, my baby's been born. She's so beautiful. Fingers and toes. Um, yeah, feeding off to a great start. Um, personality. Uh, beauty, everything. She's she's the entire package. And what was um, in the background, though, what I was up against was um, when that initial relief dissipated. Like, oh, I'm not pregnant anymore. I can lie on my back and I can do all these <laughs> can do all these things I couldn't do for nine months. Um, when that sort of yeah, when that dis- dissolved um, from my body and from my life, it it sort of gave way to a darkness that was questioning, well, um, what's what's my identity? What what am I? I'm a mother again for the second time. I'm really grateful. Am I am I trapped now? Am I am I trapped? What, how, how do I get out of this? Oh my gosh, this is permanent. This is really permanent. Yep, it's permanent again. <laughs> um, and um, what about all the things that I want to do? And what about the things that? Um, 
And what about what type of mother am I? Because my attention is so divided between all these things that I want to do and all this creativity I've got back into my womb now that my baby's out of my body and, and just feeling constantly pulled in multiple directions mm-hmm. and not really feeling present with one thing at a time, just, you know, multitasking, balls in the air, guilt would follow because I'm not being enough of any one thing that I'm choosing to do. And these, a lot of these are choices, you know, it wasn't, it's not been, there are a lot of, a lot of choices in my life. Things haven't been thrust upon me, but, um, I, I just have this massive fire in my belly and that's really, really hard having a fire in your belly when motherhood calls for softness and Mm. quiet and, Um, especially in the early, in the early months, like it's, 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 um, and surrender, that's what I'm looking for. And to look at other mums going, oh my gosh, how come they don't want to work on a business like I do? Or how come they don't want to have sex again? And how come like, what's like, and it really was, even though I know there's nothing wrong with me, it was, uh, and there's nothing wrong with my identity. And I love the, I love that I've got that fire. It's really hard when everyone else around you is surrendering to motherhood, enjoying it, blissed out, doesn't, don't want to go back to work, and I'm just going, oh, my gosh, I just want to go into a session with a client. Like, that will give me the biggest, like, <laughs> kick right now. Um, <laughs> um, it's not going to Gymboree and playing with my baby. It's <laughs> like, I want to be back out there. So it, it was, um, yeah, reconciliation of my identity and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and being okay with that—that's that's where that's where the darkness has taken me. And my poor husband has been has been stood by me the whole way and been along for whatever stuff I'm or whatever vitriol is coming out of my mouth about <laughs> what I should be and and um, and um, what I need to be and and what I need to be doing, what I have to be doing in order to be it all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. Gosh, okay, I have lots of questions. So I can relate to to this, like, so much, being a woman with a fire in my belly, um, with two children, feeling pulled in multiple directions, feeling the guilt of wanting to get stuck into my work and... Um, you know, knowing I need to be present and it's been a real, uh, journey for me, um, to actually, yeah, like you say, getting to the point of acceptance with the fire in your belly, Mm. with, with wanting that, Mm. but also with the surrender of it will take longer. It will you know it, it it's a process so we need to be patient with it oh yeah how how wonderful I'm, I'm just thinking about the work that you do as a sexologist mm-hmm. um and and that this experience must really inform your work mm. big time by yeah. so many mirrors so many mirrors, mm. and and that that darkness has just let me see how easy it is 
to become disconnected from your libido, mm. um, to feel angry at your partner because you feel angry with yourself. Or yeah. I need to own that. I was angry with myself, so I was angry with my partner, who is the most incredible man on the planet. It's just that... <laughs> That frustration and that, that frustration and that anger, and I see how women. It really, really came through that women need. It is imperative that women do what they need to do to keep their fire going, mm-hmm. um, in order that for them to feel content with everything else in their lives. So we really do need a very very vital piece for ourselves it needs to be bigger than a piece or bigger than a nugget it needs to be for me it needs to be like a whole cake like I need something (laughs) I need something huge to pour all that fiery energy into in order to come home and go ah I feel a bit spent I feel content Mm. now I can be with you so Mm. now I can be present with you now I can acknowledge you now I feel have a sense of satisfaction oh god yes yeah so so it works for me i don't think you're alone i actually think that often we lose our libido when we lose out outward interests or Mm. or direction or purpose you know (laughs) so we're we're fully there with our children which is great Mm. but when in doing that, we might be letting the fire go out because there's a part of us that needs uh, some soul fulfillment, I suppose, mm-hmm. like some deeper direction. And I'm not saying that can't be your children, but I just feel that a lot of us, for a lot of us, it's not our children, it's something else. And it makes us a better mother if we keep that fire alive, which is yeah. kind of what you're saying. I yes. Yes. That. Yes. Mm. A thousand times yes, most definitely. It, um, it needs to be something that, for me, it needs to be something that I'm giving to the world mm. that is separate from my family. I can. It's almost as if... I see how my work blows into my life and my life blows into my work. I'm not mm. saying I can keep this firm, tight boundary on everything and compartmentalize everything, mm. but this this bigger offering that we have needs to be separate from mm. separate from our family and it needs to, as you said, it needs to feed, feed our soul. And sometimes it doesn't even need to be a purpose. It just needs to be something that gives us that sense of, of satisfaction and that Mm. contribution to a higher good. Yeah. Mm. Or just a contribution to feeling uh, alive for ourselves. Mm, Like that can be enough. And I remember like um, years ago when I was coming to see you for my own uh, libido stuff, uh, one one of the big things that I got from you was permission, I suppose, to tend to my own fire, Mm. you know, to not be passive about it and go, Mm. he's not lighting my fire, come on. Like to actually be proactive to, you know, which 
I knew this, but I, for some reason I needed someone else to hand me the permission or to just really let it drop. But um, so that shifted lots, you know. It's like, okay, I have to take responsibility for this. Mm. I have permission to stand in my needs to direct our our interactions in a certain way you know for my own for our own connection and for my fire but I love what you've gone sort of that extra step which is that this is not just about stirring up sensuality you know in in loving interactions or in um, how to get turned on this is the work that you're doing or the things you're focusing on in your life are fueling that same fire mm. yeah just yeah. tell us a bit more about that connection mm. how, the connection between the things in my own life that flow into my work is that, that flow into your libido that flow, oh yeah Okay, so libido is so much more than what happens in sex or what happens in the bedroom. And um, this is the biggest, if you can only ever take one thing from my work, it's that libido is your ability to give and receive pleasure, enjoyment and acknowledgement. And I love that definition. I've got goosebumps running out my legs um, (laughs) right now because... It's it's talking about it's talking about women from 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 all corners from from every it's talking about every single facet of your life flows into your sexuality and you mentioned it before like when things are going well you're gonna have more libidinous energy when you're feeding yourself um, from in all different ways you're gonna feel more psyched for sex if you're depleted depressed operating in martyr mode. Um, maybe really pregnant and your hormones aren't quite um, aligned. So many things can get in the way of our libidinous energy. So, so I love that. I love that definition about giving and receiving acknowledgement, pleasure and enjoyment, because when we acknowledge ourselves, when we acknowledge our partners, when we, when we demonstrate genuine interest in them and when we demonstrate genuine interest in ourselves, like, genuine fascination in ourselves it's not narcissistic it's not selfish it's it's what I like to call self-centered we're like we're keeping ourselves centered by looking after ourselves and by tending to our fires and checking out where our libidinous energy is and and my libidinous energy is fed when I'm connecting with women when um when I'm connecting with my partner when I'm doing what I feel is my my soul's work when I'm writing, um, when I'm preparing something that feels really delicious, maybe when I'm drinking champagne as well, that sort of happens as well. <laughs> um, but, but um, yeah, my libido, when I tend to my libido in all those other ways and I, and I give myself permission to, um, to really own that this is, this is how my identity works, this is how what my libido re- responds well to, I'm way more present in sex. I'm way more interested in in sex being a means of giving to myself and giving to my partner and receiving for myself and hopefully my partner receiving as well. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, so it's it's really, yeah, my work is really more about, and my life is really more about looking at libido full circle rather than um, what do you like in sex and what sex tips can I share with you so that you can do this to generate pleasure for him and generate pleasure for you. Like women need to take a massive step back and look at all those things that you mentioned like permission. Like you might know all the sex tips but they don't mean anything until um, until you feel more open and expansive accepting of yourself um, in and your libido in all of its forms and all of its expressions. Wow, yeah, I love that. Mm. Mm. And so when you are having this bathroom floor year <laughs> of 2016, I'm pretty sure a lot of people had 2016 as a bathroom floor year. It was a bit of a crazy one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what... What were the sort of beliefs and thoughts that were really holding you back, mm. getting you stuck? Uh, I'll always feel this way. <laughs> 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 all the classics. I'm just going to give you all the classic hits right now. I'm always going to feel this way. Nothing is ever going to change. Nothing's going to get better. Uh, and I laugh because they're so human and so common, but when they're happening, they are so convincing. I just so like they are the, they're the best car salesmen out there. Um, um, uh, what else was it? Um, oh, the whole not enough garden variety. Um, yeah, not sexual enough. Why aren't I a woman that loves having sex in pregnancy? Um, mm. Yeah, just all. And did that was that followed by I should be because yep. I'm a sexologist. Yep. Yeah. That yeah. that um, that comes and goes. I'm getting after four years. I'm getting to a point where I finally finally ex- accepting and okay with and putting out there that my libidinous energy is about so much more than sex. And I think that's where people sort of see what. I'm offering or they might come to come to a workshop or a group or a seminar and it's like oh aren't you going to tell us what to do and it's like no 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 step back I want to talk to you about how you actually feel and what and what beliefs you have um circling underneath um you know underneath your body um in your soul when it comes to sex and mm-hmm. and and what you think a sexual woman is I want to go to that place because yeah, none of that other stuff makes sense. So yeah, that's I'm definitely I've definitely reconciled, and I will be putting it out there this year that my I'm a really really sexual woman without needing a lot of sex or what people think of as sex or classic sex or self pleasure. Like I don't actually need a lot of that um, because my sexuality is what's important to me, and that gets channeled and expressed. Um, in so many other parts of my life that I don't have to, I don't, I'm not attached to orgasm. I'm not attached to getting off. I'm not attached to, um, yeah, to, to using my genitals to express my sexuality at all. So, so that's, oh, I love that. That's yeah, really, yeah. that's really like, <laughs> that's really revolutionary. I can just feel myself going, ah. Oh. <laughs> I resonate with that. I do. Great. Great. Yep. My sexuality is more important than my sex life. 
and that's the God honest truth and that is me and that is what I that's what I offer women it's not about increasing your frequency of how much you have sex it's about fine-tuning your sexuality and and tending tending to that and yep it's probably going to flow into your sex life it probably will um, and it really is about quality, serious quality over um, sex where you're not present, you're going through the laundry list, you're just getting it over and done with to placate your partner. You might get some pleasure, but yeah, you're not really bothered whether you have it or not. Like that yeah. that's the sort of sex that you're going to have when your sexuality um, doesn't have any space to breathe or, yeah. or express itself in, in the rest of your life. Mm. Yeah. So when you're in that head fuck space of, I should, I should, I should be more better over. I should be more better off. (laughs) What is it that you, like, you know, because that's really the bottom, the bottom of the bottom in whatever form it comes. Yeah. Uh what is it that you gives you hope or that you can turn to in those moments? Ooh. Women. Full mm. stop. Just other women. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's what I my one of my habits or my patterns is to go I don't know if they want to be why should I be friends with it? I'm not giving much back to this woman or why should I be friends with it? Oh, I, I won't I won't reach out, I won't say anything. Like that's they're some of the first thoughts that pop up and I feel that way. But the good news for me is that it doesn't last for very long. Like it probably only lasts a couple of hours and I'm like, I really need to talk to someone. <laughs> I really need to talk to another woman. And for me it's women that have generally um, not always, but generally it's women that have known me for a long time. So they've seen um, how my identity has evolved. Mm. They know all some of the, the head fuck stuff from the past as well. So that's really helpful. Not having mm. to explain that. Um, but I'm very lucky in that, um, or I've created this, I've cr- consciously created a life where <clears throat> I have women... Yep, from the past, I have women in my family. I have women that I'm connected with maybe more online um, in certain groups. Um, and even, um, and I mean this with the, the greatest sense of integrity, even the privilege of listening to another woman's sexual story in sessions without speaking at all about what's going on for me somehow still feeds that nurtures nurtures me um just that privilege of listening and being um being witness to to um them recounting their story so um yeah the answer is for me is always other women Mm. Uh, in all all the women that uh, have a have space in my life that have um that I've invited in or have yeah, invited them, you know, nicely mm. invited themselves and just that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Mm. I love that answer. Mm. Um, because really, this is what we do. This is our superpower. Mm. It is hearing and holding and sharing and 
compassion. Mm. Yeah. And sometimes some really old school advice as well. Sometimes yeah. uh, this is, <laughs> I know it's not very, it's really not au fait in the counseling books that I read when I was studying counseling, but sometimes women can that know you can give you a good dose of, actually, this is what you need to do right now. Like you will, you cannot keep doing X, Y, and Z. You actually need to get your ass to here or you need to do this or, and that's sometimes exactly what you need and that's okay. Like that doesn't mean that you have to take that advice and run with it. But when you're in that space of, um, of maybe feeling really powerless or it's just so hard to see, it's just so hard to see what's going on with you or it's so hard for me to see what's going on with me when I'm so deep in the suck like I'm mm-hmm. and mirrors don't work and I can't I just can't see anything like I just I'm just so deep in it so um yeah expressing and talking to other women and hearing out what they have to say or yeah what they what they want to share or what they think you could do to get you out of that funk is just invaluable it's it's gold absolutely and really i suppose that's what you and i offer mm. as as people who hold space for other people women yes. who hold space for other women really we're just we're just saying hey let us try and see out of your suck hole yes so that we can hold the light and hold the mirror and yeah let you show you to the next step yeah yeah. yeah yeah you can't you it's not sustainable to stay in that space and mm. it doesn't serve you to stay there sure like get what you want from it get what you will from it because there are parts of it that are quite alluring it's quite mm. it can be quite mm. alluring to stay mm. in that darkness and um it's got it's it's definitely got its um its appeal um but when you feel just one glimmer of not I've got to get out of this or I need um, I need a stronghold or I need a breaking point out of it, oh, my gosh, reach out to other women first and foremost. And, mm. yeah, that might be – it might be someone you know. It might be someone – for you, it might need to be someone brand new that you don't know that you see in a professional sense um, as well. That's definitely – um, that's definitely an excellent option so that you know that they're, what they share with you will be impartial. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And sometimes I feel that need myself. In fact, mm-hmm. when I when I reached out to you, that's exactly what I needed. You mm-hmm. know, was just impartiality, uh, professionalism, distance. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. I worked worked to treat. This episode of Unbreakable is brought to you by my Heal Your Heart Meditation, a soothing, rhythmic, 10-minute guided meditation to lead you home to the healing power of your heart. Go to www.nicolematheson.com forward slash heart to get your copy. Now, back to the episode. When you have these breakdown moments, like what I love about them is they strip us back. Mm. And I I feel that we find 
a part of us that is unbreakable. So I'm wondering for you what what that feels and looks like. Mm. The part of me that's unbreakable. Mm. It feels very grounded. It feels very old. Mm. It feels very ancient. It feels very primal, the part of myself that's unbreakable. Mm. It feels very, very connected to all the women that are here and all the women that have come before me and even all the women that are going to follow us. Even when I look, I've got, I'm blessed to have two girls and, oh, my God, two powerhouses. How I'm just so honoured that I get to raise raise two women with far less conditioning than I was exposed to and far more choice and full consent to live their life. So to me, the part of me that is unbreakable is the, it really is the part that's connected to women. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, like just definitely giving birth, raising daughters, um, speaking up, I feel the power of this. Oh, yeah. 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 And just what women have endured and and what they've overcome. And I just think of some of just some of my tech problems, my tech phobia, and I go, oh, my God, this is nothing. <laughs> this is nothing compared to what other women have, you know, experienced and what – and, yeah, we are – I'm definitely, I'm definitely unbreakable. I'm just so hungry. I am so hungry. There's no way that I feel that, um, but I mean that in the best way. I'm not starving myself. It's just that I am so hungry for what lies beyond this day today and for what, for how I can serve women and how, uh, yeah, how I can, like I mentioned before, how I can feel satisfied. I know it's coming and I hold on to that. I, I know it's coming. I know that we we really haven't seen anything yet when it comes to women and how empowered, um, how empowered women are and how they're so ready to break uh, out and speak up. The revolution. Up. Yeah, the revolution. I, I am so certain it is. We're seeing the very beginning of it. Yeah, That's I what feel it. 17 means to me is yeah. the the cracks of the, the revolution starting mm-hmm. for women. And I feel like such big changes are happening culturally or have to happen culturally. And cool. one of the leading edges of that is sexuality, mm. you know, and, and the culture of shame, mm. which yep. you're, on, you're on the front line of. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the front line of um, helping women unblock and helping myself um, and all the messages that just seep in um, through various um, media outlets of um, of clearing that block of not sexual enough, too sexual, just all those polarities that exist. Um, what was it? A, <clears throat> a dear client said to me recently, she wants to be the cool wife. And like, well, what's the cool wife like? The cool wife has sex whenever the husband wants to have sex. The cool wife lets the husband um, do what he needs to do and go hang with the boys, even if it's an inconvenience. So it's like, 
I don't want to be the other type of wife, which is, you know, maybe a bit of Stepford wife or bitch wife, she called it, bitch wife. Cool wife, bitch wife. Like, we still have so many polarities. If we're not this, then we're the other thing, the other thing's bad. So it's better to do this because we still want to people please and we still want to make sure everyone's comfortable, okay if we're uncomfortable because everyone else will be comfortable. So that's mm. okay. I just all of that, I'm definitely definitely on the front line of helping women unblock so many of those unhelpful messages that seep into their identity and their libidinous energy and um, <clears throat> and ultimately their sex lives and their ability to be intimate and to truly connect with whoever it is that they want to connect with. So <clears throat> I really believe it, Nicole, when we look at our sexuality, and we go there, as scary as it is, as, as much of an edge as it can sort of push fast, it really unlocks all the other parts of our identity. Our, our heart, it unlocks our heart, it unlocks our throat, it unlocks our intuition, it unlocks our power, it unlocks our sense of security and safety and what we thought that needs to be, what we you know, thought that needs to be. So, yeah really big job ahead of me <laughs> I'm going to do it I'm signing myself up I'm yeah, signing which myself is up which is it. why you need your fire well alive right that's right yeah that's right yeah yeah and how just on the weekend there I actually had a bit of a a wake-up moment in my marriage these things these things happen a lot but you know um it was a moment of kind of intellectual discussion that was happening between me and my husband that has again and again triggered me into being defensive. It's mm. like this, the nature of a certain type of conversation that gets me on my back foot and punching out. And I realized after I processed it quite a bit that it, it came from the patriarchy, the masculine, uh, being the dominant culture, and me, the feminine, feeling like I needed to justify the feeling, intuitive, feminine aspects mm. in a kind of masculine way. And I, like, I had a breakthrough realization that <coughs> this is the repeated frustration that I'm feeling. And it's not a moment of blaming him because he's part of this culture, you know, like, that's not his fault. Um, but I was getting angry about that. Whereas actually, I just need to stand up and go, well, I don't have to frame it in this way I don't have to justify it in this way I just know I just intuit I just feel and that is enough you know like I feel like part of this revolution is standing in the power of another paradigm of knowing mm. and and you know the front line is actually my marriage at the moment <laughs> <laughs> But my question for you is how how do things shift in your relationship as you 
become more empowered in your feminine? Mm. Mm. The more I learn about myself, the more I can reveal to my partner what the feminine actually is. And I'm in a very interesting dynamic where I'm learning about the feminine through my husband. Really am. I really am. I've learned so much about femininity through him. Um, mature femininity. And um, one thing that I, that we've, we joke about most definitely. Laughter is good medicine, by the way, for all of our hang-ups and our triggers and our patterns and our really annoying, <laughs> and no, like all the things that we do that are super annoying to our partners. It's also normal. We really just have to, there are so many things that we can laugh, laugh about. Um, <laughs> yeah. <one> thing, <laughs> it's healthy. It's really healthy. Laugh while we learn. Um, one thing I'm really learning about is um, in my femininity and as you mentioned before power is learning where my full stop is that I don't need to justify um, and keep going on because then and this is because and I feel this way because like none of that language is really helping us it's just uh, this is how I feel full stop like this is that is it is complete in itself that feeling and here's a little twist to femininity that this is how I feel full stop is only for that moment like femininity feminine energy is so changeable and so quick to change its mind and this is where our our um our men when then when they're in their masculinity can get really confused it's like but you said this yesterday or you liked it this time or and we need to we need to own our yes and our no in the present moment. We need to share it with men without justifying it. And the more that we do that, the more that they're going to uh, cotton on to um, what we mean in that present moment is what we mean in that present moment. And and that's it. So so we're, we're getting there. It's a work in progress. I'm not going to... I'm not going to sugarcoat anything and, and pretend I've got all the answers, but, um, yeah, that's that's something. I th- women need to embrace the full stop and I need to yeah. embrace the full stop. Yeah, and the fluidity of that full stop and where <laughs> yeah. I can move to. <laughs> Sometimes it's going to come across as a dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Sometimes... Sometimes it's a dot, 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 and we say it as a full stop, or sometimes it's a full stop and we say it as a dot, dot, dot. When there are inconsistencies and, and it's incongruent, people are going to pick up on that. So it's, you know, play with it, don't beat yourself up, but really, really embrace your full stop when it comes mm-hmm. to your your consent and your yes and your no in everything in your life in that moment. And mm-hmm. and be open to the fact that it could change and it's it's safe for you to change your mind. Women need to feel safe. So it's safe for you to change. It's, it really is. It really is. Because the truth is only ever in the present moment. That's right. That is exactly right. It is not fixed. It's not, it's not set. It's not, um, it's not built into our bones or anything. It's something you, you mentioned the word fluid. It's, the truth can be fluid. It's not something that we need to cling to for dear life. It's it's 
it's something that's going to evolve as you learn and that's a good thing if you stuck to your, your truth as a little girl or your truth what you knew of your truth as an 18 year old or a 25 year old and so on and so forth you'd be stuck in that you'd be stuck in that phase of your life and you wouldn't be where you are now that's um mm. yeah it's something mm. Something very totally, totally. That's a really nice way to put it because my eighteen-year-old self, her full stop was in a completely different place to yeah. my current day one. And and you know, I feel I don't know if you feel this too, but I feel like part of the feminine revolution has to be and is the changing face of marriage. I feel like marriage is evolving. Um, mm. And I don't think it's going to look the same in 20 years' time. And full stops around, you know, like I have a lot of clients who've uh, had run-ins with adultery or things that were, they've had full stops in the past and, but once they're actually in it, they're like actually this has cracked us open and perhaps this is not a full stop and I thought it was and oh my god Mm. what's happening but I feel yeah I feel like it's okay to change that yeah 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 Yeah, the tapestry of marriage is definitely going to going to change and it's going to become it's going to become far more open just from what I'm learning Personally, professionally, um, yeah, it's it's not going to be so mm, repressed. It's not going mm. to be so strict, and it's not going to be governed by so many rules. Um, yeah. And I'm not even talking about necessarily opening up your marriage to other people. I, there's going to be more equity in marriage. Mm-hmm. Like is the way that I see it, and I'm starting to see it as well. Um, rather than there being a power, you know, rather there being lots of little power plays and a hierarchy of who's in the marriage. And, yeah, it's going to mean something completely different. Yeah, quite different. Quite different. Yeah. Yeah. Which is exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. For us. Yeah. Um, more empowerment, more choice, mm-hmm. more more authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. So, what is what is your edge, the challenge that you're turning towards at at this point in your life, mm. like your unbreakable edge or your uh, going over the edge? Mm. My edge at the moment is. My edge at the moment is speaking up and it's mm, speaking up about what I feel is, what I feel genuinely helps women, what um, speaking up about, speaking up in my life, speaking up to my family, I I mean a real, uh, speaking up to people that I perceive to be in a position of power above me. That's something I didn't do last year. 
um, and was one of the moments that I had a bit of a flashback to recently, not speaking up to medical professionals um, on a number of occasions. Um, and I'm still holding anger about that, that I need to forgive and let go of. So speaking up and being consistent mm-hmm. with my speaking up, not not being, oh, I won't speak up here because of X, Y, and Z, but I will speak up here and just feeling more safe within myself to um, to own what I want to put out there and to own my identity. And because there's only one of me, like, who gives a shit? Just to own it, to own it and to, um, yeah, and to not be concerned by how others are going to perceive what I say and what I express. That is my edge for 2017 and that's, yeah, that's already emotion and I'm truly proud of myself for that. That's so brave. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. And, and if you had some advice for women who were maybe going through some kind of bathroom floor moment such as the lost their libido or their voice or uh, some other aspect of their feminine what would you say to them Mm. I see you and I hear you and I'm not going to pretend that I know what it's like to be you but What you're going through is immense and it's overwhelming. But it's up to you to find an opening and that opening to sourcing your libido, to lifting that veil of depression is going to be wherever in your body or your mind or maybe both says that there's a yes. Like just find an opening, just just find it and hold on tight to it and it could be I'll get into the practical it could be seeing someone it could be reading a book and and I'm going to give you a little bit of insight into how you might find what it's going to be for you it could be something that really triggers you and when I say triggers it means that it sets off something within you very physically and and emotionally because it can it can be Sometimes we're triggered by the things that we really want to know about, but we're not giving ourselves permission to go there. And mm. it could be someone that you really admire, but you feel triggered by in the same in the same breath. So it could be someone that you you want to start following or listening to listening to more of, or you want to enrol in their course, or you you want um, or maybe a person in your personal life that you want to have more contact with. Just in the most gentlest way possible, find an opening. If there's something there that triggers you, it could be some vital information around something that you need that you're denying yourself, something that you, you're you not giving yourself permission to do or permission to be. Or maybe that person has qualities that you want to embody and that's something that you need to go seek for yourself because it will enhance your life or it will give your life colour or it will feed that fire in your belly. Yeah. I hear you. Find your opening and find it for you. No one else is going to, no one else is going to crack you open. Oh, yeah. 
Until next time, bye.